Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. And we're back with another episode of Horror Vision. I am your host, John. And I'm the co-host, Boog. And tonight we have a special guest with us. Thanks for having me back. This is Sean McCarthy. Hey, good to have you back, bud. Thank you. Welcome. All right. Today's episode, we have the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022. It is another legacy sequel. That's why you need to have a boo button when they start making all these terrible legacy movies. I thought you said boo button at first. <laughs> I mean, that wouldn't be bad either. I mean, yeah, this movie was made by a bunch of boobs. That's true, and there's not even any boobs in it. You think Hugh Hefner had a boo button? No, he just had actual, like, boobs. And yeah, he but, had, like, on, he on, had on set. Yeah, he had lawsuits, too. That's pretty much the only two things he had was boobs and lawsuits, I think. That's the craziest thing. Like everyone knew for like forty years that this something's going on with this dude, and I'm surprised it actually is this long after he's died that like people are starting to come out in books and stuff, being like, "Oh yeah, like he got me pregnant like five times, and he made me abort it." Yeah, it's it, it that is very surprising, but I guess we have a lot of money. Like I just, I I mean I, I guess since that was like borderline before our time, like obviously it was still going on when we were younger and even to the past few years, but like how much money was in like porn magazines, you know? Like, I mean, it wasn't it even be... so much the money like for, I mean, yeah, it was for them, but it was like the exposure and stuff of like being seen around him and being one of his girlfriends. Like, yeah, you're going to be making more money doing, you know, than you would do in anything else, but it's just the exposure. You figure, oh, I'll be with him for like two years and then, you know, that'll get my name out and then all of a sudden you're fucking stuck there for ten. You guys ever bought a porno mag? No. I mean, yeah. come on, Bug, we've come up like since I mean it's been longer for you. You're a little bit younger than us, but like the, like the internet just bought one last yeah. week. <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> the the well if he did, like shame on you, Bug. Like the internet is like uh it's like a thing, you know? Uh, I mean, Jay, trust me. I know the internet's a thing. The, you always have been a big physical media guy. So I could see that. I could see you going out there purchasing them. It's easier than buying tissues, I'll say that. Uh, I, I doubt I doubt that. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe you just have some difficulty purchasing tissues, but... Uh, I... Well, you haven't been shopping with me, so you don't know how I the process of me buying tissues that's true I, it's probably more difficult to buy tissues at the like uh, the adult store you know <laughs> like the adult marts so you might be on to some maybe you're just shopping at the wrong stores do they sell tissues there that would be pretty uh pretty smart of them yeah i mean i don't think no, so they, 
they just sell a bucket and it's in, it's in the cleaning section. I don't, I don't know. Oh, how, that's so gross. I don't know how. Like, dude, well, let's think about that. I was just going to say, I don't know how we got this far off track, but like, th- let's think about that for a second. Like, how, like, so they have those adult marts like every, every so often, like, how do they stay in business? Like you don't ever see more than maybe one car there. Like, or, or like, it's like just one person spending like an exponentially insane amount of money. Like you, well, you just have to have one really good customer to stay in business. So I only know one person who's ever bought anything from one of those stores and it and was a $50 anal. No, no, it wasn't me. It was a friend of mine. I swear. It was my friend's cousin's friend. No, no. What was, was his guy? What was his name? Doug? No. Stug? His, his name, his name, his name, his name was. Scott. No, he's a, he's a, he's a pretty cool dude, but no, he only, the only thing he bought, there were anal beads and within two weeks they were destroyed. I said, how'd they get destroyed? He said, they were black at one point. Now they're brown. I said, okay, I get you. So I like he spent $60, he, no, he spent $60 on anal beads and he didn't I'm, wash them. I, he probably went back. Yeah. You know, well, I don't know if you want to wash that and shove that back out in there, you know? I mean, it's going to the same place it, it came from. Hey, babe, give it a rinse like, and I put it back. I don't know, like the the intricacies of of anal beads, but I feel so, like it's. The, I don't think they're broken. That's like saying like the batteries died on your remote, so you just throw out the whole TV. I don't know. So I have two. Yeah, two. but you're not shoving the batteries up your ass. <laughs> you're not. Am I doing remotes wrong? You did a lot of things wrong, Bug. I go through a lot of D batteries. Oh, those are the those are the big boys. Those are the hefty ones. So I got two points. One's a short story, and the first one is to answer your question: like you only see one car there all the time. So there's two things to why that might be. One is that's not really a place where you like window shop and like go up and down the aisles. You go in there for a purpose. You get it. You get out. Second, yeah, in and out. When you're so that's why there's like not a lot what of cars there because there's not a lot of people that are gonna be roaming around there. Number two, if they're you're about to go there and you already see a car there, people probably are like, I'll just circle the block. Oh, that, <laughs> I don't want to make I'm not making eye contact with anybody in there. That's a good point. But like also in this day and age with like Amazon and discrete packaging, like if you wanted any of that that th- like any of that type of stuff, like you can just order it online right to your house. Yeah. You don't have to deal with like the awkwardness. Right. So the short story is this it's one money time laundering. I went, no, I went on a, a double date one time. First time I met any of these girls, and I and went on a double date. You took them to a sex store. I didn't take them. They took me. They were like, we went to a movie. We went to a movie, and it was like a later movie. So it was like, what movie was uh, it? Hey, Sean, how wide your butthole now? I can't remember, but I know. I think it was Ouija. I think it was Ouija because it was bad. Oh, that'll get you in the mood. Incredibles too. No, it was Ouija. <laughs> it was. It, I think it was definitely Ouija because one, I already saw it before. I know that whatever movie we wanted, they picked the movie, and I was like, "Oh, great! I already fucking saw it." And it was a bad movie, so it was Ouija. Um, and then we went to eat like at IHOP or somewhere fun those late night fucking places after. And then we were like, "All right, what now?" And then they wanted to go to the sex shop, and I mean, I was like, all right, I guess. So we, they took us to a fucking sex shop. And like 
these two girls, like the one girl was like super serious about it. She was like, oh, I like this. Oh, this would be, oh, this is, oh, I have something like this. Oh, I have this one too. Like this, this like she's like serious about it. I'm fucking snickering the whole fucking time. Like, dude, I can't keep a straight face and they think I'm like the most immature person. But Mine like, doesn't even compare to that. How am I going to work? <laughs> it's just fucking laugh. Dude, they got a fucking goddamn girdle with a cock on it. Like, come on. That's Jesus. But mm. um, I was almost yeah. laugh for, laughing when you said snickering and girdle because those are just funny sounding <laughs> words. Like <laughs> when so, you said snickering, I thought you were going with different direction. I mean, needless to say, I don't think I saw any of them again. Like it wasn't great at all. You and, knew, like, you knew like, you could kind of a red flag. Like you, if you yeah. go to sex shops, that's fine. You know, that's fine. I yeah, mean, if you take, yeah, if you take your partner there, you better be going at it for a while, you know. But yeah, it's not like date, a first date type deal. No. Like you knew you were in for. Yeah, you, you couldn't. You couldn't. Your car couldn't keep up in that race. No, I definitely can't. Couldn't, and I wouldn't even want to. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, so I, sex shops. <laughs> all right, yeah. So I don't know how we got onto that, but I, if I had to try to tie this back in to uh, this new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's because this movie is so atrocious and it's hard to focus on it. Um, not even sugarcoating, we'll get into it, but this movie is what I would call mildly infuriating because um, there is potential here. And that's the more disappointing fact of the whole deal is that they could have made something really good and instead they went the exact opposite direction. All right, on that note, before we... Uh, pull out our chainsaw and start shredding this up let's uh let's get to the best segment of the week boog what have you been up to pretty mild i guess i mean nothing crazy um i do have something somewhat exciting is the county that i'm living in in north carolina is lifting their mask policy uh, uh this upcoming week so like i won't have to wear a mask anymore anywhere not not that i do or don't but like i don't have to do it i was i'm, I'm excited for that that's that's this that's the story you had um i guess more... oh, uh, what do you want me to say i'm probably gonna get drafted in world war three world war three started i'm scared my pants are they're, <laughs> they're brown they were originally gray you know what bothers me? Just because there's a war going on doesn't mean it's world war. I mean, come on now. I mean, we've been through Vietnam, Korea, Iraq, Afghanistan, Desert Storm. We've been through all of these already, and we didn't call them World War Three. Let's go now. It's just another war, and we're going to win. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's, uh... It's whatever. Like, it sounds terrible, because it's definitely, like, people's lives that, that will be lost, like over a senseless conflict but like i kind of want to see like what type of weapons we actually have like do we got these lasers coming out of satellites and, and shit like that like it's terrible to say but like i right a dusty. lot of our taxpayer dollars go to this def defense budget and there's a lot you don't know where it's going to and i just want to i i deep down i hope that it's going to actual defense products but i s have a stinking sneaking suspicion that um it's just been going into um, politician slush funds. So uh, I want to know if we actually have good defenses or if we should generally be concerned. I honestly hope we don't get I don't want to get involved. I, didn't, I you know, say that all the time about this shit, and we always get involved, but, you know. Because there's money in it. 
Tons and tons and tons of money. We we got to act like we have the biggest dick. By earning the most money out of it. We, you can, if it doesn't work out, you can get one of them them cock girdles. Man. <laughs> uh, Christ! All right, another well, one. I have to get another one. The Putin molded cock girdle. <laughs> wow, this Peter's only half inch. Is that full girth? He, oh dude, yeah. He, Still, you're gonna he definitely look, you're gonna to... you're gonna wake up tomorrow fucking dead by the KGB for saying that. <laughs> Uh, has a small Peter. Well, at least you don't have to worry about getting drafted anymore. Yeah, I mean, if that's one solution. Trust me, when he shows up to the goddamn YMCA to get his fucking uh, uniform fitted, they're going to be like, no, buddy, you can go home. There's no use for you here. Yeah, dude, that's too expensive to fit. Yeah, you're too big. That's too much cloth. Yeah. you know That's too big of a hole I got to dig. When Bush did that whole no child left behind, uh, he definitely left behind Boog. Yeah, the schooling system definitely failed him. It's not your fault, Boog. Um, isn't it though? <laughs> no, 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 no. You, uh, you know, how they say like some people like they're not playing with a full deck. I got a deck right next to me. It has fifty-two cards. That's a full deck. I'm playing with a full deck. What's going on? Why am I being left behind? They'll tell they'll tell you on the bus. Ah, oh, shit. All right. Well, <laughs> let's let's hop into this movie here, Bug. Um. All right. So the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is directed by David Blue Garcia. Uh, if you look it up, he's only directed one other film, and it was for a small uh, film festival. Uh, so this is pretty much his like big like Hollywood exposure. Um. And back down to the miners. Yeah, sometimes you're not ready. You're not ready yet. Um, I don't know necessarily that it was his directing, um, or if more so it was the script, because uh, there are. And to, I'll give credit where the, the the little bit of credit is due here. Cinematography wise, there's some beautiful scenes there. Uh, I do like the filters that they used as well. So. Uh, who did the cinematography on this? Give a shout out to Gary Ricardo Diaz. Ricardo oh. Diaz. Uh, the movie was was good looking, so that's a plus. Um, then what's to the bigger issue? Uh, screenplay. So there's the screenplay was by Chris Thomas Devlin. Um, this could have used maybe like three or four more passes. Uh, there's a lot of dialogue and a lot of like logical leaps that could have probably been ironed out on a few more passes. Um, s- the story was by uh, Fetty Alvarez and Rado, Rado Segui. I can't pronounce his name, Spanish last name. Um, people know uh, Fetty Alvarez from the Evil Dead remake as well as the Don't Breathe films. Uh, I, I enjoyed those two films, so I had high hopes. I mean, he is a producer on this as well, and he came up with the story. Um, but I don't know how much was contributed compared to what happened in the screenplay, but the, it's an absolute mess uh, on the on that spectrum there. So there's all kinds of messes there. And then, hey, writing credits to Ken Hinkle and Toby Hooper, who did the original, um, I guess, because they... 
created some of the original characters that showed up in this, so they I, they still did good on this because um, they made the original. But uh, rest in peace, Toby Hooper. He's dead. So I I don't know. I don't know what else to say about that. Uh, as far as your cast in this, uh, two main characters. You have Melody and uh, Leah. Lilia, I don't know how it's pronounced, but uh, Sarah Yarkin and Elsie Fisher. They were terrible. <laughs> there's no way to sugarcoat that. Um, Sarah Yarkin, I don't think there's been a character in a horror movie in some time that I've hated more than her character. Uh, I know it was played up as like a snotty, like Gen Z social media influencer. Um, but the way she delivered lines and it, it sounds very superficial, but like just the look on her face, god damn it. Like I hated this. <laughs> I hated her. Um you had Mark Burnham uh filling in as Leatherface in this movie. Uh, I don't think he was a terrible Leatherface, but I don't think uh you see him a little bit without his mask on. Um he didn't really seem like a sixty year old man to me. He's supposed and, to be in his seventies. Uh, late, like, I think the, the time frame would put him at, like, 68. Six, 68, they said. Between 68, like, 72. Um, but he seemed like a much younger, like, maybe 40s, early 50s at most. But, uh, he, he wasn't bad. Um, he was menacing. He was a big guy. I don't think it takes too, too much to play Leatherface. Uh, but he was solid. Uh, you had Jacob Lattimore as Dante, uh, one of the other, uh, main influencers. Um... He didn't really have that many lines. I didn't think he was absolutely horrible. Um, but there wasn't much to his character. Um, other major, major player, you had Richter, who was the mechanic. Um, he was portrayed as like a possibly like racist old town figure. But he really turned out not to be a bad guy. He was just doing his job. Um, didn't necessarily hate him. Uh, he, he gets done pretty dirty in the movie. <laughs> he gets pretty fucked up. Um, then you had Olin Fourier, I can't pronounce her name, but she's filling in as the legacy character, Sally Hardesty, who was the, uh, original final girl in the original Texas Chainsaw. Her storyline in this movie is like the most unbelievable in the dialogue and the, the way they wrote her character is just an absolute travesty to like the legacy of the character, which when I think of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I really don't think too much about like the original survivor girl. Like I know there's like a fascination um, when these people try to do these legacy sequels with bringing people back, like even in Halloween, bringing back Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode. Like when you think of Halloween, you think of Michael Myers, you think of Texas Chainsaw, you think of Leatherface and the family. Like first off, there is no additional family in here. So that kind of fucks with what makes a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Um, but uh, Sally Hardesty in here, her storyline, I guess they're trying to say is after she survived the original counter in 1973. I think it's, the movie came out in 74, but I think the original counter was in 73. Um, that she went on to become a Texas Ranger and she spent her whole life in free time like searching for Leatherface and they couldn't find him for over 50 years um the thing Spicing is three towns away three towns away and like the other cops know that like this big lurching weird dude lives like you don't think like I don't know I don't know but what they did with her character 
Um, and I don't necessarily know it's on the actress. I don't know any of her other work, but it was, um, I just, uh, leave it out there. And I, we talked about this a little bit, um, with both of you guys before we recorded, like I, I've, I've never seen a 70 year old Texas Ranger. I've never seen a 70 year old police officer, but somehow she's 70 years old and she's still, um, on the force. So I don't, I don't know what they were thinking. The only 70-year-old Texas Ranger I've seen was Nolan Ryan. He wasn't 70, though. He was, yeah, he was close. He's uh, yeah. all, my all-time favorite pitcher. No big deal. I'm actually positive that uh, police forces like that do have a, a forced retirement age, and I think it is 65. I think you they force you to retire yeah. on, if you're on the force. I mean, that seems reasonable to me. I'm not. I don't know the intricacies of it, but it seems reasonable. Um, other major characters you have Jessica Allen playing Catherine. She worked for the bank um, that was helping the influencers finance uh, their endeavors in this town. Um, very forgettable. I don't. I mean, I don't necessarily. Think, think that she did a bad job but like there was not much to her character uh you had dante's girlfriend ruth played by nell hudson um this is like another mean thing to say but like she had a strange face man like it was like weird she was like the weird thing where like you look at her and like she could be 18 or she could be like 35 i don't there's some weird casting choices in this movie um, and then another one that I had in, an issue with the basically de facto like mother to Leatherface at this this orphanage that apparently he went to when he was like in his twenties, which I I don't know the logistics on that. Um, Miss Miss MC played by Alice Krieg. Um, her acting, it was weird, and once again, I don't know if it's the script, like, with what she's working with, but it looked like they used, like, facial prosthetics on her. Like, did anyone else think that was, like, weird? Because her face was, like, weirdly proportioned, and that's the face that Leatherface ends up using as his face. Um, I don't know. Yeah, if... it was something, it was something strange about it. it I it... think... Her face looks yeah. like someone that had too much cosmetic. And, like, if you look at the actress, the actress has, like, more defined features. But she didn't look that, like, outlandish. It looked like she got, like, stung by a bee and her face was, like, swollen. Like, yeah. even before she was dead. Yeah. Um, I'm sure if you cut someone's face off, though, it loses some of its features. I guess, but, like, I didn't have an issue. A lot of its with... own structure. Yeah, I didn't have the issue with, like the way with the mask but like it, it literally looked like she was wearing like prosthetics on her face it was strange um and then the only other like real notable one i'll give a shout out is john larroquette the original narrator from texas chainsaw massacre um they have him basically narrate like a small documentary at the beginning of the film that was shown on one of the tvs so i thought that was cool that they brought him back um but i didn't necessarily like the documentary little thing that they showed at the beginning i didn't think it was done particularly well but uh it was cool having his voice back i didn't mind the documentary i kind of liked it uh, i i honestly thought the first 15 minutes of this movie was pretty good and i was kind of excited by it and then um it it got bad pretty quick 
Yeah, so that that's like uh, when I said earlier, like about it being disappointing. Is like I kind of like the setup. Um, so w I'll, I'll talk about it here in the plot real quick. But uh, like basically, it's a, a group of social media influencers that have a bunch of money, and they're gonna purchase an old rundown Texas town and turn it into like uh, uh, an area for like these influencers to to do basically whatever they want, like uh, film their Instagram videos and TikToks and their YouTube shows and shit like that. Like it's an interesting setup because you have the clash of like like modern so modern society compared to like the old like I don't even know. Just it was it was a it was a cool cool idea that quickly goes downhill just with dumb script choices. Yeah, uh, like they were they were trying to go to a place that was kind of not necessarily a utopia, but a place that they could mold into their specific needs and everything. Yeah, um, like the way I would have went about it is like so you have these guys that have these these social media people that think they have the world figured out, these young kids that haven't had to experience any hardship. They have no real real world experience. And you could have had this basically Leatherface as like a metaphor for like the real world is more brutal than you think. You could have played it up that way and it would have been a very interesting uh, film, but they uh, went off the rails quickly on that. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll hop in the plot here and then we can start uh, tearing on up. You ready, Boogie, revving that chainsaw? Yep. <laughs> you sound a, you sound that a, sounds dirty as shit. You, you revving that chainsaw over there. Yeah. You, sound like, you sound like constipated there, man. Yep. Those chainsaw blades come in 18 to 24 inches. Let me tell you something. Mine's not 18 to 24 inches, so it's not dirty. Well, it make sure you make sure. More. Make sure you bring about 12 chainsaw blades, then. 26. It's not math. Make sure they're not 50-year-old, unrusted. Uh... Alright, well, right, we'll get it. We'll get you don't it know what it. I'm into, man. You don't know what I'm into. Oh, uh, shit. Uh, alright, alright. Let me hop into this here. All right, so, so the plot of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022... Nearly 50 years after Leatherface killing Spree in 1973, young entrepreneurs Melody and Dante, Melody's sister Leela and Dante's girlfriend Ruth travel to the abandoned Texas town of Harlow to auction off old properties to create a trendy, highly gentrified area. While inspecting a dilapidated orphanage, the group discovers it is still occupied by an elderly woman named Ginny. When she claims she has papers to prove that she still owns the property, an argument breaks out Briefly interrupted by a silent and towering man from upstairs, Ginny then collapses from a heart attack and is rushed to the hospital, accompanied by Ruth and the man. An investor, Catherine, along with a group of potential buyers, arrive in Harlow on a large bus, distracting Melody and Dante. Meanwhile, Leela strikes up a friendship with the local mechanic, Richter, and reveals she was a survivor of a school shooting, leaving her terrified of guns. Ginny dies en route to the hospital. Ruth texts Melody before the man goes berserk and murders the officers driving the ambulance, leading it to crash. When Ruth awakens, she witnesses the man, revealed to be Leatherface, cutting off Ginny's face to wear as a mask. Ruth manages to radio for help before being killed by Leatherface, who then makes his way back to Harlow. 
During a property auction, Melody reads Ruth's text and prepares to leave with Leah. Leela. Richter overhears them talking about Ginny's death and confiscates their keys, agreeing to give them back once they provide proof that they rightfully owned her home. Melody and Dante return to the orphanage to find them. Meanwhile, Sally Hardesty, the sole survivor of Leatherface's previous killing spree and now a battle-hardened ranger, learns of Ruth's attack and heads out to investigate. At the orphanage, Melody discovers the papers and realizes that Ginny was originally was wrongly evicted. Leatherface arrives at the orphanage and attacks Dante, mutilating him. Melody hides as Leatherface retrieves his chainsaw from his bedroom, and then the massacre begins. And that is uh, the primary plot of the movie. Yeah, um, even that didn't sound too great. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I think you're the the there was promise at the beginning, and then it quickly got. Um, so I I'll start off because uh, just thinking of, like leading into that there, the the big problem with this right off the bat, going from the first fifteen minutes into that situation because that happens relatively fast. Like the movie's not super long; it's only about eighty some minutes. Um is that there is not a likable character in the whole entire movie. Like, I get you writing in that these people are coming from a different mindset and they showing that they might not be the best people because they don't care about the people that live in the town, but they make them to be out to be absolute assholes. Um, so that's my, my first con is that, uh, there is no character for you to root for in this movie. Um, right. and then if you're going to go in that direction, cause they, you do that sometimes later on in sequels where people are rooting for the killer, you know? Um, but they don't really set Leatherface up to be a sympathetic character, which in past films, even go to, to the original Texas, there's, um, we talked about it last week, Boog, how Leatherface was more like he really wasn't the villain. Like, yeah, he was a bad guy that did absolutely terrible things, but he was in an abusive situation and had the mental capacity of a child. Um, in this, he's just an absolutely cold-blooded killer, um, and his reasons aren't particularly justified. Uh, right. So you have a huge dynamic problem in the movie. It's, I'm just watching senseless murder at this point. Um who am I rooting for? Yeah, and they tried. They tried to have the sympathy with, you know, wrongfully evicting um, the old lady, uh, Jenny, and then, uh, you know, basically her dying in the back of the police car in his arms, and then when he died, he, like, she died, he snapped, but, like, that's still not very well put together. Yeah, it's tenuous there, because if you really think about it, it's like... I mean, it's gonna this is gonna piggyback on the next big con. I'm sure we all have is in the, in the script writing, like the logic leap that it had to get to that point. So the cops immediately come to the house and are they're gonna drag her out of there because she doesn't have the lease for the house. She doesn't have the deed or whatever. And it's like that's not how the process works in real life. Like um, it's very. A difficult legal process to get someone evicted from a house and the cops won't just come right in and handcuff somebody and drag them out like there's a whole like i think it's like 30 days there would be a notice and then 
there would be plenty of time for her to provide the deed to the house. Like it, it was just a huge mental leap for that situation to happen. And the cops did say we told you to get out. Like, yeah, they said we told you weeks ago to get out. But at that, she had the deed. Yeah, and it was but, in like a relatively accessible place, like in her her little like jewelry box. So she could have easily at that time when they said, "Hey, someone bought this town. You have like." couple weeks to get out she could have been like ah no that got sorted out with the bank and showed them the deed and they were like all right yeah simple simple thing to to fix there and then like just still like it it takes more than just a cop saying like hey we told you to get out like there's a whole legal process you go through where it has to be like a written written notice and it's posted and it's it's there's just a huge logical leap and like in horror movies in movies in general but uh, we focus on horror movies um the i hate when it's simple like there's certain things where like the average person won't know or you can suspend belief on but when it's simple like logical leaps to further your plot i can't stand that like that's the part that pisses me off the most and this was like one of the first ones in the movie and then it just keep they just keep going with that like every plot point is so contrived that like it takes mental gymnastics to to try to make to justify them like why these situations happen right so another thing that kind of bothered me i don't know if i'm missing something from this but um i don't know how if you claim to buy a whole town you totally forget and think that you already bought this one piece of property but you didn't it's just something that you would know if you didn't or didn't because you're paying a lot of money for it and they he was so sure that he did own the deed why again did they go in the house to search for the deed if he's so sure that he has it why would they look in the house for something that he thinks doesn't exist that's it's not going to be there yeah you think if you're going to go to that big and that you're actually going to the point where you're physically auctioning off the properties that you would have like all your lines crossed and and your eyes dotted and like you would you would know a hundred percent you'd have that all because if people are uh, like bidding at a, right. a physical auction that you would have everything taken care of like there would and be no even, questions. He even said that some of the deeds uh, got like tied up in the paperwork, so they're still at they might still be at the office. So if he believes that the deed, he yeah, had, then you wouldn't you wouldn't have the, the office, auction, yeah. Well, that why why would they go in the house to look for it though? If it's at if you think it's at the office, why are you going in the house where she would have her deed? That didn't make sense to me. Well, that's that leads to another problem. That seems like that could be a simple phone call to your office or like the bank, and you had your representative from the bank there with you, and, and it's just like a lot of times in modern horror movies, you have a a new problem that you didn't have in the eighties, and it's. Um, like people have cell phones, you're never like a phone call away from getting information that you normally wouldn't have or being able to seek help. Um, and in this film, they don't even try to explain away like cell phones. They just flat out just ignore like the elephant in the room. Uh, Except like, for when it's convenient for them to go on Instagram live and shit. Yeah. Like ex- example there, when the car crashes with Dante's girlfriend, Ruth, um, and she, right before the crash, texts um, Melody that the old lady passed away on the ride there. 
um, this is literally right before the crash and the crash happens and she's still holding the phone and instead of texting like, hey, we're in a crash, send help or calling 911, she sets the phone down and picks up the the radio that the cops have to try to make a make a like a I don't know she just starts whispering into it it's like you were holding the cell phone like yeah. at the at the very least like it, you can literally text the same person you were just texting like we we're just in a crash like send help like I I yeah. just I don't know what they were thinking in this Right, and again, like, to the main point, like, that doesn't really bring you much sympathy just because you kicked her out of a house that she technically owned. I mean, she had a heart attack, so... Yeah, and that being said, then they try to position those influencers as, like, villains, like, they killed this lady, like, they didn't kill the lady, like, yeah, she got was under some distress because that, but the cops came in and she just, she was old and she had a heart attack, it's not like they physically killed her like they're not killers i don't and they were so hung up on that like i don't yeah it's bad i don't know but what do you what do you got uh i thought the cinematography i mean you kind of touched upon it earlier the cinematography i thought was excellent in it though the camera rating the sh- the the shading that they did the the scene that stuck out to me the most that I absolutely loved and I talked to I told you about this earlier was the uh, when the car crash first happened the cornfield and the um, shit what's her name Ruth? just had it up Ruth yeah when she was when she was still alive in the car and she was able to watch uh, out of the uh, pasture side. Uh, mirror and see him cut off the face and hold up the face in the sunlight like that to me that's something like if i always think if i think about texas chainsaw massacre or any of them like that scene's always going to stick with me like that was a crazy good shot right there i thought that was done beautifully yeah i mean it it looked good and i thought they were going to do more because in the beginning they referenced uh melody when the cops stopped them on the way into town to uh to talk to them and she's recited some rhyme that her grandmother that lived in that town used to say about like winter's over when the sunflowers bloom in harlow or something like that i thought they were going to play up that that sunflower so like it would have been so much cooler if she would have gotten out of the car got chased through that whole field of sunflowers and then like i thought it was going to be more because you watched the trailer for it and it was the poster that's brief scene where you're looking out there and then Leatherface sits up in in the uh, sunflower field and it's just the mask of his head peeking over the row of sunflowers. I thought they were going to do more than that, but that's like a two-second clip and then it's him walking out and he's walking back to town. Um, but it, it, as far as you, you're right, the cinematography, like it looked good. Um, the... Bus scene, I think, was one of the best-looking scenes to me. The yeah, they, they used a good like job on the, on the lighting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, like the blood with the neon blue lights and just like <laughs> the limbs that he's just tossing over his shoulder. I mean, it looked good. I have I have a problem with that scene, but I'll, I'll get into it later. But for the purposes of the way it looked in the lighting... Uh, I I thought it was a really like beautiful looking scene, honestly. And yeah, I would be more interested than anything else out of this film to to see the the guy in charge of the cinematography, to see his future works because he definitely has an eye for it. Um, 
but yeah, they, other than that, like that's one of the only positives I would take out of this film. Um, the only other one is the kills in this movie were good. They were, there was yeah. some, some absolute brutality. Um, some of the, for a long running franchise, some of the most brutal kills in a Texas chainsaw film. Um, particularly, I think my favorite one, uh, spoiler at the end, you think they're getting away and, uh, Melody's yanked out of the car by her fucking curly head <laughs> in Leatherface in one motion chainsaws her head off and starts dancing around like the, the classic Leatherface uh, iconic scene and starts dancing around holding her head and I was like oh fuck like thank god because I hate obviously I hated that character um, but you thought that at, at one point in the story you thought that he she actually defeated Leatherface and uh, I'm, I'm glad that they, they added that in but even then we were talking beforehand that scene's so dumb because that's not how autopilot works on these new uh, electric cars. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to just say it. That's my one of my biggest cons for this whole movie is that every single character in this movie, these victims are stupid, like absolutely stupid. There is no legitimate reaction that any of these people have at all. Um, yeah, if you really think about it, every person in this movie died from stupidity. Every single one. Right. Yeah. The mechanic Richter taking the keys to the bus and the cars because, and he's, he's going to hold on to them till they prove, you know, till he, they, uh, they produce the deed. Like, it's not your business. Like, you're not part yeah, of this. Yeah. You don't care. You're not going to get paid more. Like, you're actually going to make less because if you're the mechanic in that town, you're the only one that could physically do stuff. You're going to make more money if people move in. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know his relationship with that lady, but I'm sure he really didn't care that much because if he did, he's one of two people that live in that town, so I'm sure he would know if she was being evicted or not. Um, yeah. Two, two so like, if, if you look even to the situation with Leatherface gets the first kill with a cop, which looked cool. The cop reached, uh, he grabs the cop's hand at her arm after, uh, after, um, Ginny dies in the back, and that's what sets him off. And the cop goes to reach up to pull a gun, and he snaps, the, snaps the cop's arm, and then uses the exposed bone and stabs him in the neck. Like that was, this it really sets the tone, like for the gore in the movie. But if you think about that situation, like I don't, I was waiting for that girl yeah. uh, Ruth in the front to scream because there's only like a cage separating them. And then you have the stupid driver going, what's going on back there? Like 30 seconds later. And then well, he gets shot in the neck. Yeah. They, that's, that's another a random situation to happen. Like not since like Rob zombies, second Halloween movie where they crashed the ambulance because a random cow was in the middle of the street. Like, like that's what I'm saying when I'm talking about plot contrivances. Like, so that happens, and then the other cop, as he's dying, f accidentally fires his gun off, and happens to shoot, um, shoot the uh, the driver right in the neck. Like that's yeah. And like, why didn't the passenger at all, Ruth, just like scream or be like, "Oh my god, you should probably stop," because he just got fucking blasted through the neck with his own bone. But no, nothing. She didn't do no, nothing. Just nothing. And like the bus scene, the pro, it looked nice, but there's like 10 people on the bus and 
Uh, well, first of all, the banker, Catherine, she knew that Dante was killed. She's one of the first people that knew that there's, hey, there's like someone is already dead. And she just gets back on the bus and just tells the bus driver to just shut the door and don't open it. And doesn't tell any of the 10 people on the bus that someone just got killed and uh, we're going to hold out here on the bus. No, it's like you could at least tell the bus driver don't open it because uh, someone got killed out there. She doesn't tell anyone. So everyone's still acting stupid and not doing anything. And then later when um, Leatherface does come on the bus, he's literally, like, walking back towards everyone, and still nobody is saying anything. She's just backing up into the um, to the crowd, and no one, like, tries to get off the bus. They just run to the back, press up against the glass like a bunch of fish, and he just mows through them. Well, even more, like, no one, while that's happening, tries to go out around him, and, like, because it's just one guy with a chainsaw. Like, people are going to get killed, but, like, other people could still escape. Like, it was just so dumb. Yeah. Like, you had, like, 20, 30 people just being absolutely dumb for that to happen. Um, right. No one tried to go out the window until the last person alive, like, in the in the in the bus was the banker Catherine, and then she finally, when she was the last one alive, decided to open the window and go out go out it, and she got cut in half trying to do that. But like, yeah, you can take three or four people and just like jump over the seats or just bum rush him, you know, knock him to the side. Someone might get fucking you know hit and cut in half, but like the other ones are gonna make it. Well, even even when um. Like, right before that, when Melody and Leela run back onto the bus after Leatherface, uh, at that point, they know that he, they had killed, or that he had killed Richter, and they assumed that um, Dante was killed, and they'd, he had physically tried to kill them with a chainsaw, and they, they made it back. They ran on the bus, and they don't say anything to the driver, to anybody. They just run onto the bus. And that was, like, the big problem, since the bus driver didn't know that there's a killer loose whenever the stupidest part whenever they're pulling away in the bus and then somehow you know they do a shot where leatherface is standing in the alley and the bus yeah, and they show the bus off. they show the bus drive past them and somehow he's able to run up and incapacitate the bus but like though they show the bus has three sets of wheels so like right. even if you cut one it's not dead stopping. It's yeah. not. It's, yeah. Even if you manage so, to cut through two on the one side, it's the bus is still moving, but there was no sense of urgency at all. Right. And since the bus driver or nobody knew that there's like a killer out there, and within two seconds, the bus stops, he opens the door, takes a flashlight, and walks off in two seconds and doesn't even say anything. He doesn't go, what the fuck? Why'd we stop? Uh, or like, what's going on? Nothing. He doesn't say a word. He just walks off, and then you hear the chainsaw rev up. His head gets punted or thrown through the well, doorway. I had an issue with that because so they show the head get thrown on the open door of the bus and then the camera pans over and you see through the side window that Leatherface was almost near the back of the bus. So not only did he cut the guy's head off with people not hearing and seeing, but he was able to throw the head like probably like 18 feet forward and then sideways to the left to get it perfectly in the door. And then he walks up. It's like. It's dumb. Yeah. Like, there's... that's not how people would react in that city. Like, if you're the bus driver and your bus randomly stopped, like, why are you getting out with a flashlight to go see what's wrong? Why aren't you just being like, all right, why are you telling me to get out of here as fast as I can? And why is my bus stopped now? Yeah. Like, anything. Yeah, but there, there were some good kills on the bus. Like, that's, that's of the two pluses, it's the cinematography 
and the graphicness of the kills. Um, right, yeah. Like when Richter was... gets killed, he gets busted in the leg. He gets oh, the he part of the glass stabbed into his neck. And then he's reaching out. Um, Leatherface doesn't know Melody's hiding under the bed. And Richter's trying to give her the keys back. And like, I like the way that scene was set up because you're like, he's reaching and like, you're thinking, oh, maybe is he is this going to give away like where she's hiding? And then all of a sudden the hammer comes down, just crushes his head and he just keeps going. It's like, oh, that's brutal. Um, right. Yeah. So they didn't skimp on the kills. Um, no. But other than that, I don't I don't really have too many positive things to say about this movie. I, no, I mean, I the, the biggest one to me is the, the script and like the logical leaps that you have to make to get from point like each point in the script. It's like if they at any point they would stop making dumb decisions, then they would just be not in danger at all. <laughs> exactly. And like, it's not like this guy's going to follow you. He's once you leave that block. He gone like you gone. Yeah. Well, that's like let's talk about that. So then they decide to tack on Sally Hardesty's character. Now she's a a hardened uh, Texas Ranger at seventy years old. Um, so she she gets word she's gonna come to the town and she's gonna finally get her revenge for what he did to her friends and her brother fifty years ago. Um, and then she comes in, and she, I didn't think the movie could get any stupider, but the way they wrote her and the way that it plays out, it's like some of the dumbest shit I've ever seen put on screen. <laughs> yeah, it, it added nothing and took so much away. And I have a feeling, like, I, I and I hope, that, like, that was just, like, an executive decision by the oh, production yeah. company they, to they... be like, just throw her in. Like, it feels like, it literally feels like the movie was pretty much done filming. And the executive and then... saw the Halloween, Halloween, yeah, Halloween the... kills. Yeah. And, and just said, you know what? Throw the original lady in there. It's like, all right, but the actress has been dead for a little bit. It don't matter. Just do it anyway. <laughs> and they're like, all right. So they just write her in. They get anybody. And they just write her in for like two and a half scenes, zero like next to any substantial dialogue. Her 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 best acting that they can conjure up for this is her just staring at the Polaroid picture from the original and um, which she does like four times. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I'm saying, like four different times, just staring at it, which it got burned in the original. So I don't know how she got how she got this one. Yeah, uh, that that is a good point. Like. Because I'm pretty sure she doesn't have that the picture. Yeah, there's there's only one Polaroid taken, and he burned it. Yeah, when they didn't and, buy it off of him. Yeah, but whatever. <laughs> but still, that's like the only like acting that she like actually did. Besides, like she went psycho basically just to get her revenge, and then ended up getting tossed around like a rag doll. But, but yeah, but it was like more stupid than psycho. Like so, she has him. With his chainsaw sitting down, she's sitting on the seat, and she asks him at gunpoint, and then she's asking him, like, do you remember me? Do you remember what she did to my friends? Like, yeah, and he's looking that? at her, he's looking at her like, bitch, he's like, I'm dumb as fuck, like, <laughs> I don't remember nothing. And that's what and doesn't, then, another... And then to top it off, he let, she lets him stand up and walk out of, of the building they're in, and then go and try to kill those other girls, like... Wait, that's what didn't make sense. So that happened directly after the bus scene. They escaped through the uh, sunroof in the bathroom after he tried killing them in the on the bus. 
And then that lady shows up while they're running off the bus. So he decides, I'm just trying to kill these two girls, so I'm just going to go in my room. So that lady comes, walks in, and he has a chainsaw down. He's just chilling there. Like, he decided, you know, I'm not going to kill those two. Forget about it. And then that lady walks in, and then all of a sudden, he just stands up, looks at her, and was like, nah, I think I'll go to kill those two now. Like, what? Like, what's the, what is the point? Like, just... That's what you were talking about. Just making these like leaps to just satisfy, you know, these scenes. It's well, just it, like it gets even dumber there. So like she shoots at him. He escapes behind a building, and then she hears him revving the engine further back up the street, revving the chainsaw further back up the street, and she's standing in the middle of the street, looking down a dark alleyway. And the distance between her and the alleyway is probably thirty, forty feet. And he just decides to full on sprint at her, and she misses the first shot hits the chainsaw in the second shot which doesn't do nothing and then isn't able like blatantly misses on the third shot it's like listen if you're a texas ranger and you're missing shots at 30 feet 20 feet then 10 feet like you would not be a texas ranger i don't it's just so dumb and then she yeah. she gets run through brutally with a chainsaw lifted over her head in a scene that's taken directly out of halloween kills when they when he kills the firefighter and lifts him up with the halogen tool, right, and then throws her like fifty yards into like garbage, and then a, a little bit further down the line, turns out she's still alive enough to fire off a couple more shots, give the gun and her remaining bullets to Leela, and, and um, a little speech, and and enough to give a speech that uh, if you run away now, he'll haunt you forever. And it's like, actually, like, from what I've seen, if, like, you just left, like, you, you would never see him again. Yeah, it's called the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, not the San Francisco Chainsaw Massacre, so yeah, you just, can't leave Texas. Yeah, just don't, uh, just don't go to Texas ever again. I think it'd be all right. Oh, man. I, and just, it's just like every, like, these characters have no authentic reaction None. to like what actual people would do it's like, honestly like the person that wrote the script had never communicated with another human being before it's like if you ask a program to try to to write the script for a movie based upon like every wrong choice in every movie ever like a horror movie ever made and this is the script that they popped out with so the the makers, the writers, and the director of this movie have no clue what human reactions are, and have no clue how to re how a chainsaw works. And same thing with the victims in this movie; they have no clue how a chainsaw works because a chainsaw can only cut one way. Yeah, we talked about that, like the scene when they were under the floorboards and he's running the yeah. chainsaw down and a straight line. Like if you move left or right, there's a couple right. of them, like couple of kills and stuff that he's swinging it, and it's like if you sidestep it. He missed, and you can go around him. Like, yeah, the one where he's, she's under the floorboards, and he's chased, like, she's crawling uh, to get away from, he's cutting through the floorboards, and it's, like, right behind her, and it's gaining on her, it's gaining on her. You know, roll to the left or right, and he cannot. He would have to make a big-ass circle to come back around, or just pull it straight up and, like, start a new cut. He cannot go laterally. It will yeah. break it if he does. So, and she just continues going in a straight line. Like, that makes no sense, and she got poop covered on yeah, her. Yeah, she got that pipe cut and just got dookie on her. Good for and her. I hated that character. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, there's, like, a bunch of, and eventually at the end, 
she got a hold of the chainsaw and she does this huge uppercut swing with it. And again, like if he would have sidestepped that, your momentum is taking you forward with that follow through and you're not going to get a second swing at it. So there's like a bunch of different things. Like I said this earlier, if I'm in a in a slasher movie and, and the killer has their weapon is a chainsaw, I like my odds pretty, pretty good. I mean, yeah, people don't really think about that. Chainsaws are. I don't I don't think the word's fragile, but they're um like a very finicky piece of equipment where like you, you there's nick, not they're not you, very versatile at no, all. Like you you mess up the blade, you dull the blade, yeah. like you're gonna be screwed, like it, it doesn't clean slice through like a blade, like that's not how it works, it's more ripping and like there's a lot of stuff that would happen. Like let's just for example is I who knows how long he was at that orphanage, like it's been 50 years since the original and they didn't really say if any like the sequels fit in but even if it was more than 10 years 20 years that he he goes back and the chainsaw was in the the boards of the wall and he has to bust the wall open and pull the chainsaw and he's able to just fill it up with gas and just start it like that's not going to happen exactly yeah it'd be rusted and like i'm not like I get it. It's a movie. I'm not like trying that, to like. That's, that's something but, little where I could I could suspend it, my belief. But when you right, have that it's many something like, right, something yeah. right with the way that it's handled, the way he uses it, the way people are killed. You know, like I don't have a problem with if if he makes contact with you, he's going to slice right through. Even though a chainsaw is going to have to grind against something for a while to actually go through it, but that's fine. Like if he's going right through things clean, that's fine. I don't have a problem with it. But like at, there has to be at some point like where something realistic about this chainsaw has to come into play. Yeah, that's the thing is, like, I could let all those little things go. Like, those are the things you can just say, like, okay, it's a, it's a horror movie, it's a slasher, like, whatever. But, like, once your other choices in the movies, like, are so dumb, then it all, co- like, compounds, and, like, you just focus on all these the little things, and they become part of the bigger snowball, and it's just, like... This is the type of movie that when it's over, you just feel like an idiot for wasting your time. <laughs> right. And he, he, he fucking throws the chainsaw at her on the ground. Like, he rolls it. He spins it to her. <laughs> that would do nothing. Literally not. I guess you, Honestly. Would trip, you would trip with it, but then also your chainsaw would be busted. I mean, at one point, yeah. he throws it at the windshield of the car. <laughs> Yeah, he threw it a couple of times. It's not, That's I if mean, I if I was the producers of this film, I would have went out and I would have went to like Still or one of the other country companies that makes actual chainsaws, and I'd like brand it. I'd be like, yeah, I get it. Like he's killing teens with a chainsaw, but like we're gonna beat the shit out of this chainsaw, and it's always gonna keep working. It'd be a great marketing opportunity. Like the Still chainsaw, like <laughs> it'll always work. <laughs> Right. Yeah, he took a shotgun blast and it didn't leak or it not. Took, it took multiple going. shotgun blasts. It was like a bulletproof chainsaw. He made some modifications to it. But yeah, I mean, it's just everything compiled up, like, the disbelief in the characters, the disbelief in the in the way that, you know, he was wielding the chainsaw, and just the, the disbelief in people's reaction. It was just, eh. It just made for one big bad time. <laughs> That should be the tagline on the on the poster. One big bad time. All right, well, let's hop into our ratings and, I guess, recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for rating, uh, I'm not trying to be too mean. I mean, 
because I really don't like I, people. You know, I'm sure they put their hard work, time, and effort into it, and but at the end of the day, I don't. You know, I'm at the point in my life where I don't want to see any more fucking awful movies. <laughs> like, there should be like an algorithm or something where there's no like they should have it figured out what people want to see and what people like and what they don't like by now. Like, there's been countless of bad movies and countless successful movies. They should figure it out. But uh, I am gonna shit on this movie more. Like, I'm giving I would give it a, a, a two point seven out of ten. Uh, that would be my rating. Because in that those two points and point seven is pretty much strictly of just because of the kills and just because of the way it looked, um, but so many points off for not being believable, so many points off for not making sense, and so many points off for their failed um, kind of commentary on you know today's society. I think they failed miserably. Oh yeah, know, we didn't with- we didn't even touch on that. There is the. The younger sister Leela was a school shooting survivor. That they, um, they they had that as like a little subplot that doesn't go anywhere and doesn't right. like she's she afraid was afraid of guns, doesn't like guns, but in the end, that's all she used for the last half hour of the movie. Well, if you could call used, because she also didn't know how to shoot them. <laughs> no, yeah, she didn't know that. Well, I I won't blame her for not knowing how, but I will blame her for just being a complete like. So, like at some point there should have been a redemption thing there where maybe you know in a flat because they had a couple short flashbacks of her like laying on the school floor and everything you know i thought there was maybe would tie in where she might have had a chance or knew the shooter in the her school shooting and might have had a chance to stop him at one point mm-hmm. whether that be he told her the day before like or you know she saw him like loading the gun like in the bathroom or like some like in the cafeteria and didn't say anything anything or like there was where she would have like a redemption story where now before she was too scared i was gonna say the way that i the way that i would do it is i would have had because there was the scene when her sister was struggling with leatherface and the gun was sitting there on the ground and she looks over and it's like flashes back to her laying on the floor and that school shooting situation you could add something where in a flashback, um, she was when she was laying on the floor. That school shooter was struggling with somebody, and then dropped the gun. And she had the chance; she could have picked it up and killed the right. school shooter. Like you could have tied that in, but that would involve actually using your brain when and you that's were writing like, the script. That was like that's the point of movies, like character development and character arcs. Like she, yeah, she, none of these. What's her point of being in this movie? What's anyone's point? Just that's... to get killed? Yeah, there was no there was no arc for anybody here. Right, like literally, the like the 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 worst thing besides dying that these characters happened, like was that they didn't get to have their social media town. Like that's the worst thing that happened. Where yeah, in that... every other horror movie, it's like, oh, you lost friends, you lost family, uh, you were going somewhere in life, uh, you were like you were a genius, and now your life is cut short. Like anything, no, like, the worst thing is they didn't get to have their little fucking boutique and selfie store. Yeah, it's. So thought... like they had a, a couple failed commentaries on you know the the of society. They had like a brief thing with the Confederate flag being flown, which Dante was so surprised being in the middle of Podunk, Texas, that there's a Confederate flag <laughs> flying somewhere, and he was like, "No one's going to want to invest." That's something you should have thought about, buddy. Like, where what did you think was gonna be here? And like, 
they kind of did do a good job of kind of explaining Ginny's side of it, where it, she wasn't like saying like you know. Yeah, she like she had no problem. She, she was did. like, it just reminds me of my granddaddy because it's his flag. Yeah, and the thing you know? she even said she was like, I've I've taken care of like kids like you in the orphanage before. Like I have no issue. Like it's just I like it was his, yeah. and that's it reminds me of him. It's just a random thing to put in there for like two minutes and then never talk about it again. Like, is this going to be about racism, this movie? Or no? Okay, never mind. It's so that, that was one scene I liked. It was like a brief scene. So, like, when he goes upstairs to try to go out the window to pull that flag off, Dante does. In the background, you could see old Leatherface yeah, sitting him. in the chair. And then when the camera comes back, like, he's no longer in the chair. Like, I thought that yeah. was cool, but they really didn't do anything with that. <laughs> right. And, um, so that, and then this, the commenting on like a little bit of the gun control thing, you know, in the beginning they, you know, were making fun of, um, of the dude, the, the, uh, mechanic dude for like having a gun and a truck and everything. They were making fun of him. And then she doesn't like guns because, you know, she has a legitimate reason, you know, she was in a school shooting, but then that went out the window too. They abandoned that. Like it wasn't about gun control or anything because the guns saved their lives well, saved one of their lives. Only one person survived. But, um, and then they had the whole thing where they were kind of commenting on how people's reaction nowadays is just to whenever things go wrong, they just pull out their phones. So when Leatherface did go on the bus, they all just like comically, like all put up their cell phones to film it and went on Instagram live. Like, again, like I get it. That's kind of like tongue in cheek. But again, that's not how anyone would actually react. You wouldn't get 10, 15 people just not moving, not doing anything. No, yeah, people would be freaked the fuck out. They would be screaming. Dude, see, but... the other thing is, I was just thinking, was, um, like, some of the other commentary that they, they mentioned, like, they were like an asshole to that Richter dude, the mechanic, like, when they first ran into him at the gas station at the beginning, because he just drove in with his truck and was getting gas, it was like... Yeah, and he carried a he had a he had a, a gun on his hip. There were so that, many like, things that you thought they were on. going to like flesh out, and they didn't. Like then after that, they are stopped going into the town by the police officers there, the local police officers, and they were like saying like, "Oh, like we know who you guys are. We don't want you to have any trouble." Like, uh, like it's almost like. It, where you could have said like, yeah, but it wasn't like a welcome. There was like a little hostility to it. Like, because it was a little tense. Like they didn't want these new people to come in and like ruin their, the history of their town and like erase it. And I I thought they were going to play up on that. Like when shit starts going down, like maybe the whole town was in on it. Cause like, that's part of Texas Chainsaw is like, if you go back to the original one, like when they first meet like the shop owner that runs the gas station and the barbecue place, the cook that turned out to be Leatherface's brother. Like, so I thought they were going to go with, like, an angle with that and with, like, maybe, like, if shit starts getting crazy, like, or they see something that the cops don't believe that, like, oh, Leatherface is in the town, like, something like that. But then that never comes up because those guys are dead in, like, 10 seconds. Like, there's so many little, like, plot points you, th- like, think are in there that go nowhere, just loose ends that go nowhere. Right, exactly. And it, it's just, they did they, like briefly touched on things and they got yeah like you said they absolutely led to nowhere and it was just pointless like absolutely pointless they didn't follow through on anything well i'm I'm thinking about like just sitting here thinking about it more like so a, a big part of the texas chainsaw movies is that they're cannibalistic 
family that murders people right. and then eats their food, like eats them for and food. Like the, the second big thing is like he's well, that's, not that's a psycho the, murderer. He's yeah. just he's an anxious dude that's been a product of his environment. Mm-hmm. And, and like they don't play up on that at all. They don't. There's no cannibalism element to it at all. It's like you could have taken Leatherface out of this movie and just created some generic slasher, like a, a new random character, and it, it wouldn't change the movie at all. Like, this movie isn't Leatherface, you know? It's not a Texas Chainsaw right. Massacre it's, movie. It, yeah, it's, it's just people being killed by a chainsaw. I mean, I guess technically it's the only Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie where you actually see a massacre. <laughs> Te- <laughs> yeah. Technically. But yeah, so that was there's So who some, do you, who do you recommend um, this to? I recommend this to absolutely nobody. I even, the fans of Texas Chainsaw, I don't think it's even worth watching. I mean, maybe if you run a podcast, you f- you should do it, <laughs> but just there's just a lot for shits to talk and giggles about, and yeah. to, you know, just to cross your T's and dot your I's and tell people that hey, you did it. But other than that, I think I know actually it's a hundred percent fact. If you actually really thoroughly enjoyed Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original, and maybe even two, because two wasn't that bad. But I you like know, two, I like two a lot, but two's like a satire, like comedy, like it's a different thing. Right. Like I like the first two pretty much equally. So if you like those two, it, this is a nothing like it. You this is like a like spit, spit in your just, face. Yeah. This, as I was about to say that, it's like they you're you're getting spit in your face. You're not, you know. You're not gonna like it. Um, the only well, some people, people like it, Sean. Be, some people only... like it spit. <laughs> <laughs> they do. The only people I could see liking this movie would be people that are just getting introduced to slashers, and that's it. And hasn't seen if this is like your second or third slasher movie you've only, you've ever seen, and you have not seen the original or any of the Texas Chainsaw Massacres, then maybe that'd be the only person I'd recommend it. Yeah, to. it's only only up from here. Honestly, I I I would not if I can go back in time and just say, you know, just tell me that it's not a good movie, like it's really bad and you'll be mad at the end of it, I won't watch it. I just wouldn't. I I still would for the fans. They have to know, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> I like that's what I'm saying. Like we kind of have a duty at this point, but Did you say uh, did you say duty? <laughs> I said duty. <laughs> but um they, I still like, can't get over Gurgle. Yeah, Gurgle's like, a funny I'm word. I'm kind of obligated to a little bit, but, you know, it's just, I'm getting tired, like I said, I'm getting tired of seeing bad movie after bad movie. I see, like, ten bad movies to one decent nowadays. And I feel you on that. I think I see these terrible movies coming out, and it's like, I don't have the expertise, but I've seen enough. I know the basic workings of, like, how to make a movie. I, I know deep down that I could do way better than this. Like deep down, get some capital. That's the difference. Like, I, how did these people get capital to make this movie? I don't know. They ask for it. Okay, that's that's, that's true. I haven't asked for capital. Send us, <laughs> listeners, send us as much as you can. We're gonna make. We'll make you the film that you want. And if you don't like it, well, that was on you for sending two idiots. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> your hard earned hard earned money. I can't even talk right now. Um, right, but as but far yeah, that's, that's it. That's all I got. Okay. Two point seven, and recommend it to nobody unless you've only seen one or two slasher movies before. <laughs> this is like your introduction to it. Yeah, I'll keep mine pretty simple. I also did not like this movie at all. I would say three point six. 
Um, and most of those points are just, there were some real gruesome kills that I liked in this. Um, but this movie was mildly infuriating. Um, they pretty much, like, I'm not the biggest Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan. I enjoy, I enjoy the original, the sequel, and then I liked the, the remake. Um, other than that, there's been some pretty, uh, I didn't hate the third one, but there's been some real stinkers in the series. Um, but I think this sets the bar even lower. Um, the one, the Texas Chainsaw 3D, I still think is the worst, but this is like on par with that. Um, there's even, we didn't even talk about when the one, the Leela, she pulls the gun on Leatherface and she says like, hey, Leatherfucker or something stupid. It's just like grown inducing lines like why like we learned in the texas chainsaw 3d if you have like a stupid line like do your thing because like that's like memeable shit that people fucking hate like don't do that and you still did it like i guess at that point you might as well if you make every mistake you possibly can you might as well just continue with that um but as far as who i'd recommend this to i have a hard time recommending it to anyone um i'm right along the lines with you there um if it's on Netflix. Um, I mean, there is better options there, but if you're like a completionist and you have to see every new horror movie that comes out or like us, you're doing a podcast, like, uh, I guess that's, you're already going to check it out. So it's not really a recommendation. Um, there is some, know. some cool kills. I mean, it, at that point though, if you want to see that, you, I'm sure someone made like, uh, like dead meat, I'm sure we'll do a, uh, like a kill count on it so you don't have to sit through this it's not long it's only 80 minutes um and i actually for for purposes of making sure that i saw what i saw i watched it the first time when it came out then i tried watching it two other times and i kept falling asleep and then having to wake up and restart it so it's if i guess if you're having trouble sleeping there's some dense parts where you just you could fall asleep uh, but <laughs> i don't i, I, I can't say, really recommend it you can put it on netflix in the background while you're getting in over the pants handy from your girl or your significant other there boyfriend or girlfriend that's pretty much the only use it will have and then maybe if you like have all the lights out and then you know you, that bus scene comes on it'll have like give your room a nice blue glow to it while you're getting that over your pants handy and you're just and in your pants a bluish a bluish hue that's bluish hue to it <laughs> but yeah i don't i would i wouldn't really recommend this to too many people i um, really don't it is there there was potential there and they, they quickly squandered it so i would not uh i don't know i don't want to see any other films from from this collective i the ricardo diaz i believe his name was the cin cinematographer i would like to see him get some more work uh, other than that i and i had higher expectations fede alvarez has, has done some pretty good work um in recent years and i just don't know how much he contributed to, to this because the strong points of his films were he had character characters that were relatable and had backstories and motivations and character arcs and it, it's devoid of all of that in this film so i don't i don't know what happened here um this this was originally scheduled to come out in theaters and i know it was shelved a little bit and then there was the pandemic obviously and then netflix bought it and then they released it on netflix and there was very little advertising 
even if you go on Netflix now, it's not like one of the top suggestions for like, oh, this newly came out. It's like they almost why would got, it be? I that's fair. Like they almost like just trying to bury it, and it's like I don't know, man. Like they know what they got. They know what they did. <laughs> there was absolutely no lesson to be learned in this movie. Like, what did we learn at the end? What did we learn? Nothing. And like, I I get that the killer won in this scenario, but like even like the lone survivor learned absolutely nothing like what what did she learn don't i'm not be even school shooting don't not, go to this town I'm don't be e- an idiot i'm not even convinced that she survives because if you think about it she had the car on autopilot it wasn't going very fast like she didn't hop in the seat and turn autopilot off and just drive out of there quickly like uh leatherface might have just just walked right back up and she probably just kept standing there with that dumb look on her face like oh no <laughs> Probably. I wouldn't doubt it. Oh my god. Always... It, you know, it would have been better and more comical if they would have ended it like that, where it's like he just keeps walking up and the car's still moving slow. She's like, I don't know what to do. Like that would have been yeah. great. You just if you hit the brake, the autopilot stops. And I had made a joke. I was like, So in the movie, their backstory is they're from San Francisco. The sequel should just be her trapped in the car while it's like on the highway in Utah, just she's been going like 20 hours just trapped on autopilot in the car and she's she's just she's just thinking about her sister's death that she just saw her head get cut off in front of her and the window's still broken and it's just her in the car for three hours the movie's a three and a half hour long movie and it's just her just in the car trapped but she doesn't even she's still just hanging out at the top of the 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 sunroof too i mean this isn't really related to that but what's the difference between a moonroof and a sunroof Ah, I thought I had a joke about this back in 2017. I can't remember. I think a moonroof is bigger, though. I think the moonroof goes all the way to the backseat, maybe. Oh, okay. Okay, well, I just never... Oh, no, you know what? I think the the moonroof would have to be made by Saturn. Oh, okay. (laughs) No, I I think maybe, like... They're out of business, anyways. (laughs) Yeah, you're you're on the... That's a deep, that's a deep, deep dive on that one, Sean. Um, all right well it looks like we won't get bugs recommendation here he had a little bit of technical difficulties halfway through the episode um but i'm sure that he didn't actually i can't be sure that he didn't like it like from what he's told me he didn't like it but sometimes he gets on here and says other things i mean it might have been in his top 1000 out of the 300,000s that he's seen that's true i I would like to know his ranking out of 300,000 all right well i'm gonna hop into this here all right well if you're listening to the podcast on your favorite service provider like good for you if not we are on pretty much everything google spotify stitcher apple podcasts uh any amazon platform including audible uh, as well as iHeartRadio. they have a new podcast feature so check us out there um go on shoot us a review if you liked it five stars if you didn't which is perfectly fine it might not be for you uh just four and a half stars so anywhere between a five and a four and a half star review like and you're good to go we're good to go we appreciate it uh if you're trying to reach out to us it's huntershorrorvision at gmail.com shoot us a message whether you want us to check something out you have some questions anything like that we're very receptive as well as we're on twitter that's just at horrorvision uh you can shoot us a dm give us a follow on there we're on there pretty much at least once a day 
uh, as well as we do have a YouTube channel we're going to start doing some things on. That's Hunter's Horror Vision on YouTube. Give us a like, link, subscribe, as, as Boog says. Um, other than that, I think that's all we got. Sean, you got anything uh, before we wrap this up here? Um, just, uh, I'm just going to be going down on vacation to finally see the new Galaxy's Edge. So I'm excited for that. Um, other than that, just uh, never write a check your tush can't cash. How? What banks accept ass checks? Uh, Fifth Thirds Bank. That's true. That's probably true. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's not even a real fraction. Yeah, I don't know. Like, they could have just made it like one and two thirds bank. I don't know. That's on them. I don't know. I don't know anything anymore, Sean. Let's wrap it up. All right, play the guitars. Check you later. Bye.